Hey, hey, it's Dr. Lulu. You might recognize my name and my voice from my old podcast, The Pride Corner, or my even older podcast, Suicide Pages. Well, I'm back, and this time I'm joined by a few friends. We are mama bears, and we truly don't give a fuck. You want to know why? Because we love, adore, support, and affirm our gender-diverse kids, and we want the world to know about it. So, welcome to the Moms for Trans Kids podcast, inspired by our beautiful, brave, and badass gender-creative kiddos. I'll see you inside. One. And we are live! Buenas tardes! Hi, everyone! Welcome back to what looks like episode 11. You know, I didn't think, I didn't realize the last week was episode 10, and we will have made like a big old party, but today's episode 11 of the Moms for Trans Kids podcast. And I'm joined, as always, by my two, okay, by my one, <laughs> my one co-host for now. And then there were two, right? Vicky Fowler, oh my God, the most beautiful woman that I've seen today. Hi, Vicky. Hello, Dr. Lulu. Thank you so much. What a nice uh, compliment on a long Sunday. <laughs> yes, yes. And welcome back to the to the space, the woman with the beautiful sunflower, Kim. Hello. Hello. So, for those of you who are just joining us for this first time, my name is Dr. Lulu. I'm a pediatrician. Oh, am I even? I'm a radical, that's for sure. I'm a mom of a transgender young adult. And I agitate the governor of Texas in my spare time, which is like every time. So we're coming to you because, you know, somebody needs to come and uphold this role of being a parent of a trans child, being a mother. I mean, let me be honest, being a mother of a trans child, because that's who we are. So we come to y'all every Sunday, if we can help it, at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. And we talk about what's on our minds. So my name is Dr. Lulu, and I'm going to send, send it off to Vicky to introduce herself. Vicky. Hi, thanks, Dr. Lulu. Uh, my name is Vicki Fowler. I'm a family medicine physician in North Carolina and mother to three amazing children and a mama bear because I have a transgender daughter, a non-binary daughter, uh, she, they, uh, he, they, and a, uh, so far as we can tell, cisgender uh, son and have just learned a lot from them and um I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, it's the witching month, so my husband has put up the Halloween lights. If you notice in the background, it's kind of orange flashy. So we're ready for Halloween here and excited about tonight's podcast. Yes, 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 yes. And of course, if you don't know this yet, on the show, anybody can make an appearance. Sometimes it's our kids, sometimes it's our pets, sometimes it's the um, DoorDash guy. So, but to, to usher in reality and real talk, like she likes to say, is Kim. Kimmy, how are you today, Mama? I'm doing lovely. Um, so yeah, my name's Kim and I am the parent uh, of two beautiful sons who happen to be transgender. Uh, I'm a full-time, you know, uh, full-time professional, uh, hold it down there. Um, I'm a single parent. So, um, you know, every day is a, is a new, uh, adventure. Let's just say. Yes. Yeah. yeah I know. I love the word adventure recently. I've embraced it to the max when I took yeah. a 17 hour cross country drive because I thought I was gangster. So, but you know what? 
or a gangster. <laughs> you are a gangster for that. That's yeah, thank you. My body is still recovering. And today I, I, I took a nap in the afternoon again. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is my new norm. But you know what? I welcome it with open arms. If you are joining us live, I see one person watching. Please introduce yourself. Tell us who you are if you'd like. And ask us any questions at all. Today, the Moms for Trans Kids are going to be talking about gender reveal parties and the whole concept of gender assignment or gender attribution at birth. And that's because our guest today is a no-show because their, <laughs> their mom, their daughter rather, is going to be having a gender reveal party today for their grandchild that they're being that they're expecting. And so I thought, you know what? Let's talk about gender reveals, shall we? And yeah. so we're going to be talking about what it what does it even mean to assign or attribute gender at birth? For those of you who have listened to this show, you know that I came up with this story that which comes first? Is it the doctor proclaiming it's a boy or it's a girl at birth, or is it the baby crying? And so we've all kind of decided that actually the doctor says it's a boy and it's a girl, and then the baby starts crying. So is the baby crying because it's like I'm not a boy, I'm not a girl? <laughs> or is the baby crying? <laughs> No, but that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So, Kim, I'm going to start with you. We're going to go after medical. So, Kim, when you hear gender reveal parties, I personally, when I came to America, I heard the phrase gender reveal parties. It's not something I've ever heard about in my country, Nigeria. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the color coding of genders was something I learned when I came to America. So we're going to talk about that as well today. Kimmy, when you hear gender reveal parties or gender reveal period, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, they weren't around when, when my kids were born. So, it, you know, of course, everybody was waiting to find out after the first ultrasound, you know, what you're having and, and with with my oldest, um, you know, we, we did an ultrasound and, and I couldn't wait because I'm such a planner and I wanted to know everything about the gender of the baby so I could plan, right? Because you got you, you to gotta know what colors and what things to wear and the, how to decorate the room. And, and, and so I, I went about that just as, as parents do. Um, but we didn't have gender reveal parties um and and honestly you know I, I think back and I go oh thank goodness I did <laughs> you know because it would have just been more pictures and another event that was just embarrassing for my kids you know um you know and again you know it's it's another opportunity to celebrate the baby and 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 I'm all all four getting together as a family to celebrate the baby and and you know I thought that's what the baby showers were for so so when these gender reveal parties came out I was just I was like no that's just one more party that we, we don't really need to have I don't know that's just my thoughts I mean I you know and then now when people are having I've never been to one either and I don't know if I'll go like I, I keep thinking about it going you know if I got an invitation tomorrow for a gender reveal party, would I go? Because I'm not the audience that you wanted a gender reveal party. 
You might be actually the perfect audience for a job. I know. Well, you may get thrown out of the party. Yes. 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 I think I think that they would think twice before they invite you. However, if they invite you, you're going to be a good sport. You're going to go because it's what we do. It's what we do. And then when we get there, we hold space for them because, you know, Maya Angelou said, you keep doing your best until you know better. Yep. And then only then do you do better. So yep. we're not here to judge. I want this podcast to be available to everyone. I don't know. I don't want everybody, anybody to feel othered or, you know, mm-hmm. outed, so to say. We're not here judging you. We're just, it's yep. a conversation that any three women would have and can have. And we just happen mm-hmm. to be in your ears. Otherwise, truly, this is the conversation that people should be having. Now, I love what Kim said. Kim, you started right up by saying the first ultrasound. This is something that, Again, in a coming from Nigeria, because I don't call it third world country, I don't call it any country, it's just it, my country is Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Coming from Nigeria where we didn't even have ultrasounds, it wasn't something that we did. You just get the baby, the day the baby is born, you just know the baby's yeah, gender. Yeah. For us in my country, again, talking about my country. But I like that you premised it with colors and decorations and more pictures and possibly embarrassing for the kids and, and stuff like that. Vicky, what are your thoughts about the way Kim responded? You were you are also obviously American and grew up here. I don't know what was your your past like with regards to gender reveal parties, gender reveals period, ultrasounds as a physician. Um, what are your thoughts about about what, the way Kim Kim responded? That it was almost one whole space for Kim as a parent who you should be excited about your baby. Again, I, I don't want people to think, oh my god. They're saying we should not be excited about the babies. I didn't say that. But now knowing what we know, it's like maybe there's another way to be excited about your baby. There are many other ways to be excited about your baby who come with 10 fingers and 10 toes and not so much the agenda. But, you know, I digress. Go ahead, Vicky. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, my thoughts about it are um, have certainly changed over the course of my life based upon things I've learned. from my children and from the journey that we've been on together, learning more about the continuum of gender identity. Um, I, as a family medicine physician, when I trained in the 90s, um, I trained in both um, obstetrical care and prenatal care and pediatric care. So, and when I went out into practice, I delivered babies for quite a number of years. Um, So, the ultrasound and designating the gender and knowing what the gender is. I mean, I was pretty, you know, pretty much a, a a big player in that, you know, is it a boy? Is it a girl? And the families are always picking out the colors and then, you know, the names. And um, in my own experience with my three children, of course, my eldest, you know, we knew exactly the gender and, and when the ultrasound shows, you know, the anatomy, I mean, then you, you know, narrow down the name and then all the clothing comes. And so I was pretty much a big proponent all along of uh, male gender. This is the stereotype. And then my second child was female. And then my third child was male. And you just kind of went along that way. So uh, gender reveal parties were not, uh, there were no parties about it uh, while I was having my children, but it was a big part of the whole uh, culture of having a child. Now, some parents chose not to know, and mostly they did it just to be surprised, not because they were necessarily going to raise their child as uh, gender neutral. That was not like a word I'd ever heard uh, before again. Um, so then fast forward from the training in the 90s 
uh, the years of delivering babies in the 2000, you know, in the mid to late 90s into the 2000s. And then 2015 um, is when my child identified as um, gender fluid. And that's when I first learned about uh, the continuum of gender identity. And so right about then, no kidding, is when gender that's when gender uh, reveal parties became popular. Uh, now, I asked my daughter, Sarah, uh, about this, and her feeling about gender reveal parties is that it is a backlash against, you know, um, this uh, transgender identity people adopt. She thought it's something people are doing just to kind of hopefully, uh, I, you know, clarify that in their minds. I basically take it as another way to have a party. I mean, <laughs> and, and, you know, and another way to have a get together and yeah. celebrations are wonderful. I mm-hmm. just have to have, I have this kind of sort of wisdom now and knowledge. And as people talk about their gender reveal parties, I have a sense of it's really not fair of you or us as physicians to define an individual's gender because there's a certain percentage. Again, it's a small percentage, you know, 97% are going to identify with that anatomic definition and the gender identity will correlate and maybe 95% it correlates, but that other significant percentage you have, you know, basically it's a disservice, I think to them in some ways, And I feel like there's got to be a way to be more open. And even if an individual wants to adhere to uh, blue clothes or pink clothes, I really hope that parents can become wise enough to be more open to allowing a child to express themselves in a way that's um, comfortable for them as they get older. Yeah, that's a long, long, long answer. Thank you so much, Vicky. For me, I did not do gender discovery on ultrasound because I wanted to be surprised. I'm just going to come out and state it for all children, all three of my children. I wanted the element of surprise. But there are so many ways we can go with this. As a Nigerian, having the first child who's assigned male is everything. It's, 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 a, it's a deep-seated want and need for every, or at least in my tribe, which is Igbo, you are like the bomb because your first child is a boy. You, it's so much so that my name is Uchenna, which means God's will. And my brother who came after me is called Ifanacho, which means the child we desire. Ooh. I want to tell you that this is, my parents did it without probably thinking about it, but as a person who is a thinker, and I put two and three together to make four. I was like, okay, so what am I, chopped liver? Like I came and I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's God's will. We got a girl. And then my brother comes and I'm like, well, okay, now this is the child we're looking for. Really? So but you can see how I have every right to interpret it that way. Because that's the way, that's what the names are saying. Yeah. So the parents most likely did the naming because of whatever they were thinking of saying at the time I was born. But the Mm -hmm. truth is they named my brother, the child we desire. And I know in my country, in my tribe, having a first child male is the desired outcome of every pregnancy, first pregnancy in the marriage. So you can see how it can become easily discombobulated without even going into transgenderness. But Vicky, I love that you mentioned 
gender reveal party. And I wonder if, Kim, do you have any thoughts on what if the trans people flipped it on their heads? Or was it Vicky that said that? And they also now do their own gender reveal parties as a way to now tell us, this is really who I am. I mean, who says gender reveal parties must be for newborns? <laughs> I mean, okay, I put it out there. What are your thoughts, anybody? I mean, what are your thoughts? You know what? I, it, it, it's funny because when, you know, my oldest um, had his top surgery, I think that was when, I mean, we had It's a Boy balloons and everything. I mean, you know, we had our own little celebration, you know, just um, the small family. But ironically enough, when I was pregnant with him and we went to the ultrasound, he was not cooperating. He wasn't having it at all. Um, so his legs were crossed. I knew nothing until I got to be about, I was almost nine months pregnant um, before, you know, they said, you're having a girl. And we were just like, it, you know, it, is she healthy? That's all we really care about at this point. Because, at, you know, I had the shower already, purple, yellows, and greens, you know. And we did the the um, the baby's room and um, rainforest thing. Because, you know, that's pretty gender ne- neutral. So I've been practicing this gender neutral thing since before my oldest was born. But, you know, as far as, you know, if you want to do it later, later on, you know, as a, as a celebration, why not be happy? Like you said, we celebrate happy trans things, right? And, and uh, yes, you can be both trans and happy and, and we have kids to show it. And, and, and I love that. So, so Vicki, I'm, I'm with you. If there's any reason to have a party, let's have one, you know. Let's have one. Yeah, let's have one. Let's have a party. Let's have one. Let's have one. And then Vicky, coming to names, I think you were the one that mentioned it to begin with, something about names. I want to, even before we talk about names, what about intersex? Both of us are physicians. Both of us know, and I happen to know because I have a TED talk about it, that one to 3% of the human life births, one to 3% of live births are born with an indeterminate external genitalia. In that sense, it could either be one gender, one sex or the other, or both or neither. By looking at it, like you can't really tell. Actually, no, it's not one or the other. It's either both or neither. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Indeterminate. You can't really say based on looking at the external genitalia. And so that brings in a very vital point. One to three percent of the of eight billion is a lot of people for us to just disregard when you're trying to assign gender based on genitalia. So it looks like as we know better, right, we're becoming wiser anyway, as we're allowing ourselves to be wiser. Because now there's this group of people who are neither here nor there. So what do you do with them? Do you throw away the babies with the bath water, so to say? What do you say? What do you say about, about the intersex, even before we go into names? Vicky, what are your thoughts about intersex? As someone who delivered babies, did you ever have any intersex babies? You no, know, I personally did not have any children that had ambiguous genitalia that I can recall. Now, I'm sure, I'm trying to think way back here. I mean, way back to residency and training and in my fellowship. And there probably were. And I, uh, I just don't recall that being someone that I took care of personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... It certainly there were patients that I took care of that were adults in my hometown that 
probably were born with ambiguous genitalia and uh, well, I definitely were. And societal, um, um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting to think of as as I know our society in my hometown, like accepted them, welcomed them. And it was always a bit of a there was a continuum. I feel like in my hometown, which is fairly rural, there was some knowledge of the continuum and that it was people were accepted as part of our um, community. And so I don't feel for those particular individuals, they were accepted as different. I guess that's the way different, but accepted. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a definition. And, you know, you, you wonder what that was like when they were born. These are people, you know, think back decades, even before I was born. And uh, who knows what the doctors told the parents and who knows how that was it, it tolerated in the family. You know, who knows what their lives were like. Right. Um, and, and who knows what what the gender reveal fancy autostand sonographer would tell when the child is actually, when the external genital is actually indeterminate. Mm-hmm. Or in the case of, was it Vicky, or was it Kim whose child was not cooperating? What do you, yeah. what's the, what is the gender reveal then? I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about if we want to start making things a thing, what yeah. if the baby says, we are not going to see my genitals today. Yeah. What What's in the envelope, you know? Yeah. What, what is in the envelope? This well, is I I, I and I see a lot of, I wanted, to, Vicky, one second. I wanted to say, give a shout out to 104 people that have seen this on LinkedIn. If you have any questions or any comments, thank you for the likes and the loves yeah. and people are celebrating us. Please leave a comment, tell us who you are so we can give you some shout outs because no yeah. one is saying anything to us today, but there's a bunch of people watching. But go ahead. Well, well, you know, um, I think I lost my train of thought there. So, oh, what? Uh, remind me what we were saying <laughs> for just a second. Um, who knows what we're saying? I don't know. I'm new. I'm new. born, and and you can't tell just from looking at the genitalia. Oh, oh, oh yeah, doing the ultrasound. Yes. When I'm so I joined the practice that had been owned by my doctor when I was born. So you have to understand, oh. he delivered babies for years and years and years. There were no ultrasounds. So the gender, sometimes there were twins and they didn't know it. I mean, sometimes surprising. So, uh, you know, that happened to him sometimes, occasionally. And so the gender was not ever known in that day and age until delivery. Um, So, and, and I don't, I certainly don't think there was that much I'll be honest. I don't believe, and I don't know about you, um, Dr. Lulu. I think that those days, so families had so many children, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. My grandparents, I think there were like 10 kids in each family for on my mom's side for my grandparents. Um, I'm sure they were at some point, they didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't care. That's a a, a good point. Kim, what are your thoughts about this? Like, by, by the fourth or fifth baby, are you still doing uh, gender? And obviously, not, none of us know because none of us did the gender reveal party. But this mm-hmm. is a great thought. Like, by the third, fourth, or fifth baby, are you still really doing a gender reveal party? Because aren't you just like, oh, yeah, we had another baby and, <laughs> and um, without, you know, trying to make the baby feel like you're not important. But yeah, Kim, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I guess because the first one for me, when we couldn't tell, you know, what their gender was um, until late in the game, you know, like I said, I practiced having 
a, a baby that I did I didn't know, didn't care as long as they were healthy, right? And I think you know, especially back with with some of the the you know older boomers that have um, these you know eight, ten, twelve kids and their and their families. I'm sure they were just focused on are they a healthy baby? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I I can't imagine seeing a whole lot of celebratory for a gender necessarily back then. But you know, it, but even for me, for my second one. I really wasn't that excited about the gender because I didn't have that excitement with the first one. I didn't need the excitement for the second one. And I just said, as long as they're healthy, I'm good. Yeah. I, physicians. I, Sorry, I, do one, I do have one thing that I wanted, one yeah. point that I, I was thinking about when we were doing this, when I heard about the topic for the podcast, I was, I, I, I wrote a note down. So Preparing the baby's room, right? If mm-hmm. you don't know if it's a boy or a girl, um, you know, sometimes you rely on the ultrasound. Oh, it's a girl. So everything's pink and everything, or it's a boy, everything's blue and trucks and everything. Um, when do you change the baby's room? It's probably when they start having an interest or showing an interest in something or kind of really feeling that, you know, okay, I'm a, I'm a boy. I like trucks, or maybe I just like trucks or, you know, when do you change the baby's room theme? Right. It's usually when they can communicate and tell you, right. Why not apply that to gender when they can communicate and tell you. And I know that's, that's hard for some people to, to understand. And I don't, have the right or wrong answer here. I just, I'm just talking out loud because that's what I do. But let's just, you know, let's just say, you know, we don't ask them, are you a boy or a girl? Maybe we, we have raised them in traditional gender roles, but what happens when they come to you and say, mommy, I don't want my pink room anymore. I want a blue room or I don't want to wear this dress. I want to wear these, you know, whatever shorts instead. And you know, they communicate. So like waiting till they communicate that I don't want this kind of room anymore. Yeah. Why don't they, why don't we take the word for it when they can communicate what they identify as when they're older? That's a good one. That's a good one. That's, I think that's one of the, when we get to the solution part of it, then we say that's one of the things we can do. But go ahead, Vicky. I have a well, I was going to say this is the part where they're starting to exert control over their environment. And I feel like it's a good opportunity. Two things I want to say. Number one, when people talk about their gender reveal parties, I kind of have this funny thing in my brain where I basically say you're having the genital reveal party. I mean, honestly, it's just the genitals that you're talking about. Because I write that have- down. I have to write that down. That is the Yes. My own personally. Because that's what it is. And so who's... <laughs> Ooh, that could go so that could go. Ooh, Vicky. I mean, because I my I mean, I know it's only me and it was my experience, but I'll be honest, one night I sat down at a table with colleagues, and I'm not making this up. I sat down at a dinner with some physician friends, and I'm I did not know that a woman I was working with over here on the right hand side had a transgender son. I'd known her for several years. And I did not know that my teacher from medical school who was sitting on my left 
had a transgender daughter. And I thought, well, I obviously am not the only one. So the point is, um, it is a genital reveal party. Uh, you know, it, it, for me, it actually was. And uh, for my oldest. Um, and then the part that I think goes into the changing their room and changing their name is the part where as parents, we have to stop giving up control and allow them to express their own identity. So if you if your child no longer wants Noah's Ark around the entire room, which is what was there, you know, because that was a pretty generic theme. Right. Um, then are you going to tear down all the paper? Are you going to take down all the wallpaper and put something up because it, your child is saying, I want a different room? It's a, for me, we talked about the choice of names and it's again, a giving up control as a parent and allowing them to have that choice. Um, and it's, again, it's not about us. It's about them. And that's the I love it. Part. I love it. Whose party is it anyway? That's Kimmy's question. This is so important, but you know, I think the title of this podcast, because a lot of times I let the podcast Tell me the title is going to be gender reveal party or genital reveal party. <laughs> and I've been saying this before because one of the things I, I wrote this week on one of my social medias is I will not be reduced down to my genitals. And if you see, if you take away my, my vajayjay today, I'm still a girly girl. And so if you're, you know, for those who are thinking that your gender is based on your genitals, who is the perv now? Who's the one focused on genitals? Well, you're showing pictures. Like, look, you can see it. You can see it. Oh, you know, I thought about who's the groomer now? Okay, don't get me started. But I mean, and you're showing their genitals without their permission because they can't. Without their permission. Really inappropriate. Okay, so we're gonna we're at the bottom of the hour. The show is called Moms for Trans Kids Podcast. This is such a fun conversation. Ooh, I didn't know where we're gonna go with that, but yeah, got me hot. So the show is brought to you courtesy of Apollo Wellness. Apollo Wellness is a gender affirming, LGBT plus affirming, HIV, um, I guess clinic at this point in the northwestern side of San Antonio. And I learned the words and I forgot the words. So let's go. Go find them. Tell them that Lulu Sencha, they are in San Antonio. They, they will affirm your gender. They will affirm your sexuality. They will affirm you. And they will also help you take care of your HIV needs if that's what it comes down to. Or really, truly, if they can't, they will send you to someone who will. So ask them for a discount. See if they can give you a special Dr. Lulu discount. If there's one, let me know about the discount so I can tell other people. But the show is called Moms for Trans Kids Podcast. And our sponsors at this point on this half of the show is Apollo Wellness in the northwest side of San Antonio, Texas. Phew. So now let's take a little twist. Vicky, you introduced the word parental control. Which I wish our sister Gail was here because I don't want to talk about Gail behind her back. But last week, Gail had mentioned something about when her child was trying to pick their new name, how much Gail really, really wanted to be a part of that process. And I want us to talk today about picking new names for children. For those of you who are just watching us, the trans and gender diverse people, they have the phrase dead name for the names that parents assign, well, the names that parents give to them at birth. I, who is not of trans experience, 
Of course, I have no say in this. I just prefer the word birth name because I don't, I don't, I personally don't like I the word birth name. name too. I like that better. Yeah, but again, I want to be very sensitive so that no one says, well, how dare you? I know I didn't choose dead names. I'm not saying don't use dead names. I just say I prefer birth names because I'm thinking more of life, but that's okay. Either way, the names that our children do not want us to use anymore. And one of us actually has had to experience the name change already. Maybe once, maybe more than once. Maybe those of you watching or listening have children who have changed their names once or maybe more than once. So let's talk about changing names. My own story, my child picked a name, which believe it or not, was the name that I semi-picked, except I have two letters off. I'm not going to say the name because I've not been permitted. I've actually, I didn't ask. I'm sure she would say yes, but I didn't ask. So, but my, the name I picked is just two letters off. Really, for me, one letter off from the name that she picked. So I believe that because I'm woo-woo, that the universe was even in alignment with the new name when that I picked would have been the name that the, the name that she picked would have been the name that I would have picked if I was given a chance to do it over again. But that's me. What about you, Kim, Vicky? Take it away. Oh, I have a question. How did that yes. come about? Did, was that a nickname that you had given her? How did she no. do Oh, great question. So first of all, as you know, I was not affirming. So this yeah. is not a conversation that my child and I had at all. My oh, wow. kid actually did very, very well on her own. I don't know if you all remember, I said, she gave me an ultimatum. She said, mom, I can go along this journey on my own. You can come with me or you cannot. That was when I said, oh, uh, I'm coming. I was not part of the discussion in any which way. She changed her name and told us the name. And in my heart, I already had that name picked Mm, with just one letter off. Wow. But I never said it to her. To this moment, I haven't told her. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Anyway, but to answer your question, the, the name that I call the kids together, her name starts with the, with the letter P, the name that we've always called her. It wasn't the name she was Christianed with, but growing up, there was a name that everyone used to call her. So that's, that name starts with the letter P. And so thankfully, her new name mm-hmm. also begins with the letter P. So I'm still able to call all the kids together with the one name because mm-hmm. the letter P is still there. So who knows if my smart, beautiful child was actually thinking more about me mm-hmm. in the process without even me. Now, maybe it's time for me to have the conversation now. Maybe it's time. But yeah, yeah, I don't want to get all soft and mushy. But yeah. Well, that's very interesting. And, and you know, uh, um, my daughter tried to make it a fairly smooth transition mm-hmm. um so she does use the term dead name because she wants to emphasize to us mm-hmm. that she does not want us to use that name so that's yeah. why she is very adamant which interesting i didn't know that it was it's painful it's a, a, a painful uh, reminder i think for her it's dysphoric yeah it causes dysphoria yeah she really, yeah no she gets a lot of dysphoria just hearing the name which i did not realize but yeah. um, so she actually especially i'm sorry to interrupt but yeah. especially if the name is so overly gendered 
It is. Like, for instance, a Michael, right? Yes. Versus maybe I know there's Michaela, true. Yeah. But Michael is so obviously yes. not a girl's name. Yeah. So when we have those kind of situations, it's mm-hmm. very dysphoric for them. It's very yeah. dysphoric. So, yeah. Right. And so, well, there's two, there's multiple levels as we're talking and I'm thinking, I'm going, wow. Okay. There's a lot of levels here. So my daughter, um, her, her dead name, birth name, we, the first name was, and I think I've told you before, was um, the name of almost every male in the family. So the first name was her father's name, both of her grandfather's names, my mm-hmm. brother's name, uh, both of my grandfather's. They all had the same first name. It's a little bit like, you know, <laughs> some families. Mm-hmm. So they all, so it was kind of, and it was the firstborn son. So mm-hmm. a child would have this name. and. Uh, her father was the third. So this name, whatever, the third, but mm. I fourth, but we let, we kept the first name and we changed the middle name. And the middle name was the name that she was called, but we had shortened it over, you know, you get three kids. You just don't have time to use all the syllables. True. <laughs> so we were using G. G, I mean, basically G and the nickname everyone in the family called mm her G. So as a 15 year old, uh, she chose a female name of Grace as her middle name. Mm. And wanted to keep, ironically, she wanted to keep being called by her middle name because all of her life she'd been called by her middle name and she kept the G. So the reason that was it, that was almost like a very kind transition. But interestingly enough, it didn't take long for her to be annoyed because to her calling her G was a cop out saying G was just making it easier on people to not acknowledge that she was grace. I got it. So there were multiple levels. We were, and we got rid of that first name. Uh, that name was gone. There was a new first name, which was Sarah, but mm. she didn't go by Sarah. She went by G and she went by grace. Now, Interestingly, little did I understand that the age of 15, you know, we all, how do we make decisions at 15? Apparently there was some pressure in and around a relationship and that name was maybe something she wouldn't have necessarily picked. I, there's some issues and she for years has been bothered by the fact that this name and the way she chose that name was influenced by someone who is now no longer in their life. I think it's very important. I got divorced and changed my last name back to my maiden name. And so interestingly, this grace is somehow associated with some prior times in life, which aren't as, I don't know, as, as good. And she had decided that she's going to go by her first name, but then she decided to change it to Serafina, which has made my brain all rickety rackety crazy. So I'm just here for you moms to help me out. <laughs> she knows I'm like, oh gosh, couldn't you just make it like S-A-R-A-H? Because that actually, she has gone to the trouble. She's changed her gender markers. She actually has an official birth certificate. It is written that way, but now it's a different name. And she and I talked about this yesterday again. I mean, it's her saying, this is the name I feel comfortable, comfortable. with. And this is who I am. And I'm like, 
Okay. So she talked about, and I think Grace's comment is. Wait, 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 Vicky, wait. Yeah. I think we have to be honest. Kim, what are your thoughts about that? Okay. What what did that, what did that tell you? That told me, okay, I'm winning a little bit. I want us to remember, because we also want to hold each other accountable here. Is there an element of control here, Vicky? Is there an element of, okay, you know, parental control? Come on now. Kimmy, yes, no, maybe so. I mean, you know, you're you're looking at the right person to to ask this question because, well, first of all, the oldest picked a name. It you know used a middle name that was a family name, which was great, and he he's been happy ever since. My youngest is still trying. I, I still think he's trying on different mm-hmm. names, okay? I so, love that so phrase, trying on different names. It, it's I want the parents to know that, yes, that it may take a, a few tries. This is so important, Kimmy. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, he he tried on a name. We, we thought of it together. I was so excited because it was one that I thought had really nice meeting, meaning behind it and everything, and it was beautiful. And... And then, you know, one day he came and he said, you know, well, I'm changing it to this now. And I was like, like you, like you, Vicky. I was like, you know, it's the side, like, I just got used to this. I just one. got used to it. Yeah. It's, what? it's about me, right? Whose party it's, is it anyway? This is exactly. Party. Thank you. So, so, so is it about parental control? Yeah, yeah, no. So that that feeling is very natural, and it's very, um, it, you know, it's very self-serving. But, but be just please. That that's the only thing I can think say to say right now is just be, just be flexible. This is their journey. You, they're still allowing you in it and how grateful should you be? I mean, just, mm-hmm. just to be able to be in that discussion to, to kick around a couple of names was quite the honor. So um, he, he didn't do that the next time we tried that one out, didn't work, tried another one out. So we're on the fourth, we're on the fourth name now. Now I think, wow. I think this is going to stick. And, and, you know, and really we want to make sure that it, it, we're trying it on, it feels right. And, and that's how he wants to go about presenting himself to the world as he, you know, enters into adulthood. It's going to go on a, a new birth certificate. It's going to go on a new driver's license soon. So, you know, he's got to be comfortable with it. And, mm. and I'm just here to let him figure it out. Nothing's, nothing's been made, you know, official change yet on any document. So you know, I'm just letting him figure it out. And, you know, he'll let me know. He'll let me know. I think, I think we're there though, but, but Vicki, you know, that, that sigh was very honest and Mm -hmm. and, and I feel it. I I felt it with you because, you know, it it is tough. It, you know, people are complaining about pronouns. I mean, when you have a, a, a child that you're used to like, you know, so and so take out the garbage or, Hey, Hey girls, now now I'm like, hey boys. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's totally, like I had to take a totally different. You know, how do I round up the herd here? You know, and, yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, it, it, it takes some takes some time to get used to, but take a breath. It's it's just a name. It's yeah. you know, they're still the same person. 
And you know, I think it's mostly for me feeling like, oh my gosh, now I have to go explain this. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, but yeah, that's a good point that you, I'm glad you brought it up because you wanted us to talk about it. So yeah, let's talk about that because you wanted us to talk about that. Yeah. I have to. You have a feeling like you have to. And I'm like, you don't have to do anything. But go ahead. No, no, thank you. I need permission <laughs> to not have to do anything. I mean, well, the only thing you have to do, the, the, the part that I think becomes a little, a little confusing and, and kind of, it gives me that sigh yeah. is, is, you know, okay, I have to explain to the therapists and the doctors <laughs> and the, you know, change the, you know, preferred name with it that's written down on, you know, different forms like that. But, well, I have a, but, but, but I, I want to play devil's advocate and say, Number one, what if you do? And then number two, what if you don't? What if you don't have to explain anything? Giving the child the autonomy. What if we let the child explain? Look, I want to say honestly that I don't think any therapist is going to hold you accountable, you know, fault you. You know what I mean? Like if we're trying to, and I hear it because I, I can't imagine if my kid after almost two years now says, okay, it's now like, I don't know, Raymond said. <laughs> but now it's like okay the same way we got used to the whole gender change in the first mm-hmm. place by not making it about us yeah. i want us to take a deep breath and ask ourselves the question what is really driving that oh my god now i have to oh You're my right. god now i have to because that sounds like it's almost like there's a little bit of a resentment in there. I don't well, really you know, want to. It's a little trauma. I mean, for me, yes. it's a little bit of the, it was a little bit of the fear, a little bit of the, the fear that now I'm going to go tell Granny and Uncle Dean and, you know, I got to go tell um, these people. And part of me feels as if, and tell me if I'm crazy here. And maybe I am. Maybe this is totally crazy. I I don't think they view it this way, but some people might be like, okay, and now they're changing their name again. Are they going to change? What are they going to change next? And, you know, there's a little bit of that backlash fear mm-hmm. that we're going to be like, okay. And, 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 and let's, let's finish that thought, Vicky. You're, that you're, you're most worried about it because you're thinking totally they're going to turn around and blame you. I mean, come on, let's say it. You're thinking that, oh, well, they changed their name again because you allowed them to change in the first place. I mean, ultimately, parents, we feel that people are going to blame us for quote unquote allowing it, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going further to say the truth is, I had no role in it and Mm -hmm. and being able to absolve ourselves of the guilt because that's it is that guilt that oh god now i have to go and tell grandpa what if i don't have to tell grandpa what if we wait until we're we're finally at the final name before we tell that's one or number two explain to them that it's a process and they're trying out the names yeah. And you know what? I want you to be okay with the fact that it's a tryout. And truthfully, mm-hmm. what are you making it mean? I, I need I need us to do that. Let us ask them, what are you making this person trying out their name over here mean? I'm going to tell you something yeah. else that came to me. Grace mm-hmm. pointed out many people use different names in their family than they use in their personal life, than they use in their professional life. Okay. And- Said it's sort of like that. 
when you when you're little junior when you're a kid and then you grow up and you use another name now because you're 18 and mm-hmm. and that's what grace said it's like it's like you realize this is what i want to be called and by the time she told me most of her friends at school were already using the new name so mm-hmm. she'd been using it and hadn't told me which again was the trauma of being left out of the process Exactly. Right. Yes. So it's the bigger, it's the bigger thing is what we're saying. And, and hopefully those who can, who are listening can see this is Vicky literally processing it in real time. <laughs> like we're not, we're not moms for trans kids who know it all. We're moms for trans kids who are figuring it. She said, correct me if I'm wrong or am I crazy? Because this is, this is really truly Vicky processing it in real time. Yeah. Thank you for allowing We're also figuring it out, Vicki. But you know, from, from my angle, though, I wouldn't necessarily call it, you know, resentful as much mm-hmm. as protective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I'm protective of is, is my youngest and his peace. Right. Um, he's made peace with these are no longer my names because of X, Y, and Z. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. This is who he is now. This is what he wants to go by. And I'm going to protect that at all costs. Right. You're such a good mama bear. Oh, my God. No, I'm just. Yeah, I love that. But but, but I think what I'm hearing, Kim, Kim, you're saying this in regards to the people you have to explain to, right? Is that what you mean? Like, as far as not having to, you're saying this is what my child wants. I want to guard it. Mm-hmm. I do. So it doesn't really matter what all of y'all think. Is that, no, what, is that what I'm hearing you say? No, that? I don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is why we don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I was waiting for you to say that. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I think every week, every week, Vicky, we're going to have to find a, a, a point in the in the show where we're going to have to say like it's going to come naturally. Like this is why oh, it usually happens at least once for me. Once at least once, and, and this is so powerful, Vicky. Thank you again for allowing us to be part of the process. And I want you to hold space for yourself and give yourself permission to not fully get it all today and maybe there's a way you can find in your heart to allow your child the autonomy and then allow yourself to also maybe be left out in some decisions i mean let's face it if your child is getting married right any of your kids any of us any parent listening to us they first get engaged to their boo and then they tell you (laughs) and they tell you when they want to tell you Nine times out of 10, it's not the day they got engaged that they told you. And you should be very, very thankful that they even tell you, right? Welcome to the the party. We have Nina, Babs, they, them saying, hey, hey, hi, party. If you have any questions, please let us know. We're talking about gender norms, gender reveal parties, gender names, gendered names, name changes, name, uh, the process <laughs> that the parents are going through. This is why I love what I do. I help organizations support parents. I help people yes. hear the parents' journey, the parents' side, not because we're, dis- we're disregarding our children's journey, but because we have now realized that our kids are going to do what our kids are going to do. We need to catch up. And that's what we're doing here today. So we need, by- need each other. I need you ladies. I mean, who knew when we started this that a couple weeks in, a few weeks in, I'm going to be like, wait, guys, like I need help. I mean, yes. that's what we, we need each other to support yeah. each other. 
I did not seek out that kind of help. I was not as wise as Gail. I didn't go to PFLAG. I didn't go get that. You know what I mean? I like, I didn't have that community. So that's what we're hoping to do here is to get that. And if you're wondering who Gail is, Gail is the fourth of the quartet. Gail is our sister who is at a PFLAG meeting tonight, as a matter of fact. Gail is the other voice who you'll be hearing from time to time, and she's just not here today. But so it's me, Kim, and Vicky just kind of holding the fort today, talking about things that moms need to be talking about anyway. I honestly just, I hear something during the week, and I just run it by the girls. I'm like, let's talk about this. And I'm like, yeah, 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 let's talk about it. We're talking about that. We don't practice. There's no rehearsal. Every single thought you're hearing today is being thoughts in real time like we, we don't have a pre nobody had time for that so no. as we close to but i didn't i was going to go when we started talking about this i had this brilliant plan that i was going to do a deep dive into the literature and into the neuroendocrine research but you know that's not what it's about here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not the doctor. Vicky ever the doctor. Oh my goodness. So I there are a lot of parents though that I think that, that they're gonna need some of that. I mean, yeah. let's face it, you know, we are we are taking a gamble at science. Mm-hmm. We we've heard that this is what science says, that that gender is definitely more of a spectrum versus a, a binary this or that mm-hmm. and 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 people are born you know with both or you know non-distinguishable genitals so there's got to be that there's got to be an explanation for those things it's you know and and I like the thought of of mm-hmm. the spectrum versus a, a one you know binary. And I mentioned this when I did my initial, um, you know, kind of time here uh, with Dr. Lulu, what gave me comfort as a geek, as a molecular biologist, total science geek, what gave me the most comfort was when an MD, PhD, who was a patient of mine, provided me with information. And then I went and did some research and figured out that gender is a our brain defines our gender identity and our gonads define our genitalia. (laughs) And so it's like the two things do not, they actually don't even develop at the same time in utero. When a baby's being developed, they are developing at different times and there are processes involved in in much of that, but a lot of it's not understood. But there's a, a brain, a, you know, a central nervous system part, and then there's the the um, genital uh, expression part. And we don't know all of the details, but we obviously know now there's this continuum. So you know what's really affirming to me is I'm sitting here having this discussion with two doctors. <laughs> Yeah, you're. I mean, you know a thing or two about a thing or two. So <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm I'm sitting in the room with a couple of brilliant people that that are also, you know, taking the same parental journey that I am, and and we don't know uh, the future and and what you know what what it holds for us and our kids. But you know, one thing that we do have in common, the three of us, is that we want to be a part of it going forward. Yes. We yeah. want to be a part of that journey. And if it's them defining that journey, that's the way it should be. I'm going to define my journey. I, I'm certainly going to make sure that they get the chance 
and the opportunity to define theirs. And we want them to be in part of our journey too, right? See, and and I think that for me is why I'm where I'm sitting today Mm -hmm. is not only do I want to be part of my children's journey, all three of my children, I want them to be part of my journey moving forward. And so I still want us all to be connected as I grow and change and they grow and change. I've changed a lot in the last 10 years. Why should I, you know, hold it against them? Right. Right. What a beautiful place to end the show. We have five minutes on the clock and I've been fussing with my drink back here and trying not to choke, but this is such a beautiful place to end the show. Why do we not want them to also be in our lives. A lot of times, one of, one of the things that parents do inadvertently as we try to control every aspect of our children's lives is we drive the wedge bigger and bigger and we alienate them. And then just as much as Vicky said, just as much as we want to be in their lives, we also want to allow them to be in ours. And if we're putting up all these roadblocks because we're trying to be like the all-knowing and be, first of all, that's exhausting. Second of all, it drives them away from wanting to be part of our lives. I have learned this the hardest way you can imagine. I was that parent who thought I knew everything. And let me tell you, I laid in fetal position and I realized I don't know everything. And I was so happy to be relieved of the pressure to know everything. Who wants to know everything? Who needs that? So much pressure. And so what we've said today is gender identity matters. If gender reveal parties are your thing, by all means, have at it. There's a Lulu, Vicky, and Gil, who is not here, and Kim, who is here. We're not saying don't have your gender reveal parties. What I wanted to say before the show went live, I said I found a better way to say it is during the conference today at in, in Atlanta, Georgia, I told a mom who said twice, I have two sons. Both times she said, I have two sons. And it occurred to me, I said, ma'am, With all due respect, let's try saying I have two children who I'm raising as boys. And it came from a deep place. And I was like, oh, my king, God, that's what it is. We are raising the kids in the gender that we think. We are socializing them. We're indoctrinating them, if I might add. Gender that we think. So we're raising, so I thought I said, how about I have two children that I'm raising as boys? Because it also saves you the drama when the child says, mom, you know what? I'm actually not a boy. Then it's not so hard for you to say, you know what? All I was doing was raising you as one. How do you want us to raise you now? Because It is a huge responsibility to raise children. Their gender identity is just one of the many, many things we have to deal with. And I don't want any of us to succumb to the pressure of having to get it right all the time. Mm -hmm. Nobody should have to deal with that. So my name is Dr. Lulu. The show is called Moms for Trans Kids Podcast. Join us every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. You, I'll be here or one of my two co- Conspirators will be here, if I'm not, (laughs) to talk to you about our journey as parents who are figuring it out. And as Kim said earlier on, we can all try to figure it out. And as Vicky said, honestly, maybe we're crazy. (laughs) We want to be crazy and we want our kids to be in our lives as much as we want them to be. We want 
our kids to be in our lives. We want them to allow us to be in their lives. And we don't want to make any mistakes. We don't want to make any more mistakes. Enough have been made already. So if the show was valuable to you, then join us next Sunday as we launch official, officially on Apple Podcasts, the Moms for Trans Kid podcast. We're going to release five episodes next week, Wednesday, next week, next week, Sunday mm-hmm. as the launch, official launch. And then you can now share the links as much as you want. You can watch them on YouTube and at at Dr. Lulu Talk Radio. You can watch them live streamed on LinkedIn and YouTube every Sunday, or you can just listen to us on your way to work. Yes, it's an hour long show. You can watch half on, you can listen half on your way to work and listen to the other half on the way back from work. (laughs) It's good night, have a wonderful week ahead. What about you, Vicky? How do you say say goodbye in, in Vicky language? Oh gosh, uh, we say uh, I, I I I don't even have a I don't even know. I'm just gonna say we're gonna have a great week. The North Carolina State Fair starts this Thursday. It's great. Come to Raleigh. We'll have a great time. It's gonna be a wonderful week in North Carolina. Yes. I mean, what about Kimmy? How do you stay? Have a great week in Kimmy language. Oh, you know, finally good in this week. You know that that's what my sunflower is about today, right? Is you know, I may have planted 200 or so. I may have only been able to grow a few. And I got one and I'm wearing it on your podcast, Dr. Lulu, just for you. Yay. So find the good, right? Find the good, celebrate the good, and um, enjoy the week and, and make the best of it. Yeah. And we'll yes. see you next time. <laughs> yes. And as we go go out today, I want to make a, a, a um, an executive decision. I may or may not have told Vicky I was going to do this. So we've all lost people in, in our lives in the last several months. I have lost eight in total. Vicky has lost whoever she's lost. And whoever is listening to us has lost whoever they've lost. So for the last minute of the show, as we go out, we're going to do a minute of silence. And then we'll go out in silence because we want to remember all those who have lost, especially the gender diverse kids who have been lost for being themselves, and especially also for the children right now in Palestine and Gaza, whatever your political views are, we have children being kidnapped and being killed as we speak for no fault of their own. And of course, the adults too, but we're here for kids. So we're going to observe one minute of silence as we go out. We we thank you all so much for joining us. And um, don't forget to share the show with one person this week. Peace, love, and soul. Bye-bye. Another episode in the bags. Yes, this is Dr. Lulu. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Moms for Trans Kids podcast. We hope you learned at least one new thing today that will make you that much more of a badass ally. Don't forget to give us a subscribe and leave an honest review. And oh, tell one person about us. But even if you don't, we love you anyway. So until next time, keep loving and accepting yourself and keep affirming and supporting your queer kiddos. Toodles! Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you check out our Facebook community with parents just like you who are affirming and loving and supporting each other and holding each other accountable to do right by our kids. It's called Accepting affirming and supporting your LGBTQ plus children. I know it's a mouthful, but go ahead and type it in. 
If you are a business or an organization, maybe a hospital system that trains residents, or maybe just a doctor's office, my Ally Bridge Connection program was designed just for you to help you create safe spaces for employee parents because, you know, we got to support the parents and also to help you become allies in white coats for your LGBTQ plus patients. Lastly, connect with us on social media. For me, Dr. Lulu, it'll be at Dr. Lulu Talk Radio on IG and YouTube. And on Facebook, I'm at Mama Trishan, M-O-M-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-N. But if you go to LinkedIn and type in Dr. Dr. Lulu, my name will pop right up. All right, folks, until next time, if you'd like to send us a message or maybe you have comments or you want to suggest someone that you think would be a good guest for the show, go to momsfortranskids at gmail.com and leave us an email. All right. Bye.